Hello and welcome to your spiritual awakening. We're here to teach you the word of Godney and all about the legendary Miss Britney Spears. You're listening to episode 12, 2007, part 1. Hello, everyone. Uh, we are back a week later than expected, as promised. So maybe it wasn't unexpected. Anyway, I want to get one thing out of the way before we get to it. As Corinna herself asked, we will, for better or for worse, not be commenting on recent events. It's a situation that I think is still evolving. I honestly don't even really know what's going on. Um, yeah, me It's kind of confusing. <laughs> Um, we're not that kind of podcast, and I don't really think we'd be able to give a good enough summary or analysis, so I definitely suggest checking out Eat, Pray, Brittany for that type of content. That's where I go to for updates on Brittany news, and I also tend to agree with most of their commentary, so yeah, it's not that we don't know what's going on. Or, like, okay, we don't know what's going on, but we kind of know, like, we know of it, okay? Yeah, we're not in Britney's life, no but <laughs> we know the general facts. We're not blind to what's going on. We're not ignoring it. It's just, that's not the point of this podcast. Mm-hmm. So with that out of the way, let's get to the question of the week. I want to be uh, sort of positive right now, because this episode is, like, a total downer, and I don't think we've done this, so what is your holy trinity of Britney albums? Okay. <laughs> Brit- Let me open my Spotify. I need to do research first. So, okay, while you're doing research, I am going to say that uh, it's really hard for me. Okay. It's really hard to choose because individual songs on all of her albums really speak to me. Yeah. Like, Baby One More Time is absolutely in my top 10. Yeah. Out of her songs. Yeah. Oh, out of the songs. Out yeah. of the songs. But the problem is, there are songs on Baby One More Time. I just, I, I can't, okay? <laughs> All right. So that being said, it's going to be Blackout, In The Zone, and her self-titled. I don't think that my Holy Trinity is a surprise to anybody. I mean, these albums are really cohesive, uh, no skips. I feel like this is a really popular answer. And I think Corinna is going to give an unconventional answer because she's always got (laughs) to be saying controversial things. What? No, I do not. (laughs) Okay. Well, I definitely will also say Blackout is one of them just because those songs are all great. Super hot, sexy, you know. Bible of pop for a reason. Exactly. And then I'm going to also say Circus. Okay. Yeah. There's my my hot take. That's a hot but take. But I love that, that is album. A hot take. Yeah, I do. Phonography? No, you Radar? Right, the songs are Okay, Radar is on Blackout. Oh. But yeah, you're Phonography? Right, <laughs> Phonography no, but, okay, but unusual is, you. Radar is also on Circus. So you know what? Yeah. You're not wrong. I'll give it to you. Yeah. I'm not wrong. And then um hmm no. Um, she said no to oops, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> and everyone else. Okay, yeah, not baby one more time. Uh, sorry. Okay. No to femme <laughs> Very quick no, no, no. Brittany. Brittany. Okay. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't say glory. Glory. 
I would have thought that you... No. Nah. Okay. Okay. I like the the oldies. Okay, okay. So we have two in common. Yeah. Yeah, I love Glory, but um, it's hard to listen. No, okay. It's not hard to listen to. Like, I'm not going to lie. I listen to Britney every day, but <laughs> it's hard for me to say that one of the albums post-conservatorship is part of her Holy Trinity because like, it just doesn't feel yeah. right. You know, I mean, considering everything. Yeah. Let's get into it. I will warn everybody that, like I said, this is kind of a downer. So you know what? If you need to take a break, take a break. We're not going to judge you. Self-care, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. And I also want to say that 2007, as you probably heard in the intro, will be split up into multiple parts. Like there's no way we can get all this down. And one- at the end of this episode, we won't even be through the month of February. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Brace <So>. yourselves. <laughs> That's right. So we start off 2007 with a bit of a bang. The New York Post reports that on New Year's Eve, Britney collapsed in a Las Vegas nightclub. Note that Larry Rudolph, her manager at the time and for the majority of her career, her former choreographer Brian Friedman and her former dancers TJ and Andre were all with her. According to Larry, quote, by about one o'clock, she was just done. So we took her out. She's fine. She had just been traveling all day. She got real tired. It was a late night for her. However, a source from the nightclub revealed that, quote, she had a little too much to drink. She was assisted out, but she was not carried. ABC Radio reported that contrary to these statements, Brittany definitely did collapse and had to be carried out. Here's what Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous host Robin Leach had to say to them. I don't... Robin Leach. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... That's really funny. So, this is what Robin Leach had to say. Quote, She suddenly slides to the floor. Pandemonium and panic break out in her 27-strong person camp. The woman standing two feet away from me immediately shouts at the top of her voice, make sure there are no pictures, no photographers at all. At the same time, her bodyguard, who is four feet from me, calls for extra security, and the bodyguards from Pure Nightclub race up there. They throw, it looked to me like a wooden, wooden, woolen scarf, (laughs) almost as large as a blanket, over Brittany. (laughs) Two of her dancers. (laughs) It's definitely a weird image. What the heck? Two of her dancers, male dancers, that checks out, put their hands underneath her armpits. And covered up, they propel her right out through the crowded VIP stage, down the steps, and out through the crowded bar area into the front of the club. Now, this was achieved with force and speed. Oh, good. I was amazed how fast they got them out of there. All the bodyguards had flashlights, which they shone in the eyes of the club goers, so that (laughs) if they tried to get a photograph, all they would get is the blinding light. That's smart. Wow. Mm -hmm. A couple of days later, Brittany had checked into the sanctuary spa in Arizona for some rest and relaxation. Now, this incident might not seem that important, okay? It's just another Brittany partying maybe a little too hard, or, you know... Maybe Brittany just getting really tired like she has before. Okay. It is important. Please keep it in mind, particularly Larry Rudolph's presence. Mm -mm. Now, what's weird is that in Inside the Dream, Steve Dennis tells a different story. According to him, Brittany and her assistant Kaylee, I think that's how you pronounce it. It might be Callie, but I'm going to say Kaylee who worked for her for three months starting in December of 2006, went to Las Vegas to celebrate New Year's Eve. 
They went to a Prince concert, then went to Pure Nightclub. Okay, so this is in line with what, with what we've discussed. According to Kaylee, Brittany, quote, had fun but didn't go wild. She could dance all night long. It's what she does. Brittany got drunk but never really obnoxiously so and said she would get sad and melancholic. Quote, she would mostly start thinking about Kevin and start crying. All of January, she cried like that. So she's just getting really drunk and crying. I've been there, girl. (laughs) (laughs) So Dennis doesn't mention the collapse at all. I find that strange because her management even addressed it, right? So these do not seem to be rumors. One way or another, she had collapse at the nightclub from exhaustion or drunkenness. That's where the disagreement is. I mean, it could also be that it wasn't actually as dramatic as that guy was talking about. Yeah. It was not that dramatic. Right, like she just like fell or something. What if she was just like, okay, I'm sick of this. Can she I... just laid down on the floor. What if she did? What if she did? Why not? She well, can do okay, what but she think wants. think about when you're drunk. I've had to uh, be carried out of a nightclub before. I'm not yeah. even going to lie. <laughs> or what if you, you know when you get drunk and you're like, I'm not moving. Yeah. Or I'm not doing this, That's I'm not doing like that. That's more like what you do. That's, yeah, <laughs> I can totally see that. Like, just not yeah wanting to comply or being like, okay, I'm done. Get me out of here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's totally possible that something like that happened and it wasn't like a, oh my god, like she a medical collapsed. emergency. It wasn't a medical yeah. emergency, yeah. If it was, they probably would have taken her to the hospital, yeah. so... But she was definitely drinking. Okay. Both, yes. all sources say that. We can all agree. We on can that. all agree. <laughs> so I know we usually read letters of truth at the end of the episodes, but I think the timeline this year is so important and so complex, and I want to make sure that there's no confusion. So here's 2007's first letter of truth published on January 5th. Dear fans, It has been a while since I've addressed you personally here on my official website. The last couple of years have been quite a ride for me. The media has criticized my every move and printed a skewed perception of who I really am as a human being. Behind every decision I've made in my public life, there always seems to be an apparent contradiction. I've come to terms with that, which is why I usually don't pay much attention to it. The last couple of years have been very enlightening for me, and now that I've had the times to be me, I've been able to sit down and think about where I want to go with myself as an entertainer with absolutely no strings attached. I am now more mature and feel like I am finally free. I've been working so hard on this new album, and I can't wait for you all to hear it and to go on tour again. I would like to exclusively tell you that I am working hard to release the new album sometime later this year, but the date is of course not certain yet. I look forward to coming back this year bigger and better than ever and to also reaching out to my fans on a more personal level. I noticed today that one of my biggest fan sites is shutting down soon, and I want you all to know that I do understand all the reasons that went behind making that decision, and I am sad to see it closing. If I were you, I'd be unhappy too if I had to read what I've been reading every day. But trust me, I get it. I know I've been far from perfect, and the media has a lot of fun exaggerating my every move, but I want you all to know that I love my fans so much and I appreciate everything you have done for me. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Love, Brittany. Whew, okay, that was a long one. So I find it interesting that she acknowledges her fan site shutting down. That was reported on, I think it was called worldofbrittany.com and they said they were shutting down uh, because 
they just didn't like who Britney had become, essentially. Mm. Wow. Um, she also mentions, of course, feeling like she's finally free, which, again, yeah, that's so sad. is very sad, yeah. considering what happens soon after this. And, I mean, it's it's pretty clear to me that she's really aware of everything that's happening, right? And how she's being portrayed. So, and I, I, she seems really, like, her writing's clear, you know what I mean? Yeah. So... She posted that on her fan site, uh, January 5th, and then, um, late January, so skip forward a little bit, remember Isaac Cohen, the model guy that she dated for, like, a month, and they, they went to Vegas or something, and Did then... they get married? No, no, no. Oh, that was no, a different guy. Time ago. Sorry. No. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, okay. That is how insignificant this dude is. Anyway. Okay. Him and Brittany break up late January, and... He does it over the phone. It's very, like, quick, whatever. Finally, Brittany and Kevin agree to a temporary joint custody agreement. Brittany was granted custodial custody with Kevin. What is that? So that means Kevin is allowed lengthy visits on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Ah. Eventually, the order was extended into February. So around this time, Callie gets a call from a restricted number. When she answers, a man claiming to be a private detective hired by Kevin tells her, quote, he had a whole bunch of incriminating evidence on Britney Spears and he was going to hand it over to me. Dennis notes that Kevin had definitely not hired anyone of the sort. Callie then asks the man to email her the information and the call is ended. Five minutes later, he calls back to tell her that if she wants this information, it needs to be done in person at a Starbucks in Santa Monica. So... She went, and there she met Sam Lutfi. Callie, okay, I think I said I was going to call her Callie, yeah, and now I'm did. calling her Callie, but you know what? Same, it's the same person. It's the same Just person. So you know. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Callie remembers that when she sat down with him, he told her, quote, don't try and take down my license plate number. It's fake. Which is... A weird thing to say. Very (laughs) sketchy. Yeah. She also noticed that he had no papers with him. Nothing that would indicate he actually had the evidence. Why would she even meet with him? Like, it sounds like a like a scam. I have no idea. I think. And what evidence would he even have? I have no idea. Anything you could sell to the press, right? Like maybe. Well, do you remember chaotic? Yes. It's possible. No, it is actually a fact that Kevin has tapes that were not released to the public. And I'm not sure what is on those tapes. Mm -hmm. Right. But for example, things like that, you know, we all do and say unflattering things. Yeah. And do illegal things. And in this day and age... um, Okay, speak for yourself. I do not do illegal things. Oh, but well, I'm just saying that some people do illegal things. Okay, just in case you have, I want to okay. go to law school in the future. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, Sophie, Sophie doesn't do illegal things, and neither do I. Okay. So, um, where were we? Um. Oh, we were in the middle of that. Oh, right. Thing. So, people do bad things. Yeah. Right. Everybody does bad things. You know, the thing is. There isn't a huge price tag on 
footage yeah. of bad things for like 99.9% mm-hmm. of the planet, right? Mm-hmm. She realized pretty quickly this was going nowhere and he started interrogate interrogating her about Brittany. Quote, he asked all sorts of questions about the house, who was living there, and where we went. Hope she didn't tell him anything. No, she didn't. When she okay, tried good. to leave, he started, quote, telling me that he knew for a fact I was under investigation. He told me I was being followed everywhere and that the house was bugged. Later, Sam would tell the press that he'd met Brittany at a party and he had called her assistant after. Not that he had uh, stalked her. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. No matter what Sam says later on, because... If you know anything about this story, you know Sam Lutfi is a major player. This is total creep behavior. Totally not okay. Yeah, um, seriously. It's super weird. Callie told Larry Rudolph about this encounter, and Sam Lutfi was, for now, at this point, still on the outside. So let's move into February. At the very beginning of February, Brittany's Aunt Sandra passed away from cancer. And as we've mentioned many times, she has been described as Brittany's second mom. So Brittany was grieving the loss of her aunt when the following events unfolded. February 13th or 14th, I can't figure out the exact date, a gossip blog posts an email that I allege is from Felicia Kulota, Brittany's former assistant and family friend. Do you remember the lady who traveled everywhere with her? Yeah. Uh, yeah. All throughout her career. So the email is addressed to Ruben, some dude who ran a blog. And apparently, it's a response to a blog post titled, quote, Why Brittany is Asking for It. I couldn't find the blog post in question. Mm. Here's the email. Ruben, once again, I commend you for your honesty and integrity. I've been reading your new website daily, and I'm grateful to have to go to to check on the antics of Brittany. Brittany doesn't have a publicist for me to clear this through first, so it will come directly from my heart to you. I am writing in response to Where is Felicia on your editorial. I am home in Mississippi. I am now a trained corporate flight attendant and fly with a tiny jet company out of Georgia. I am also a substitute preschool teacher at the church preschool in my town. I loved being with Brittany for the past nine and a half years. I enjoyed being a part of her dream, but now I am living my own dream. I cherish all the incredible opportunities that came my way through my job with Brittany and am crushed, saddened, heartsicked. By the way, her life is unfolding. I want you to know, Ruben, that we, as in her family and nearest and dearest, all of whom are not on the payroll anymore, are doing everything in our power to get help for Brittany and all in our power to not pad the bottom or move the bottom. So when she does indeed hit rock bottom, she'll stand up and walk away from this whole fiasco, a new, confident, changed, career-driven Brittany like we all knew and loved. There's just so much you can do to help a person. I don't dare want to be an enabler, and I cannot love her enough for the both of us. I cannot convince her in any way to love herself. All I can do is be a friend, someone that loved her for many years, unconditionally, and pray. That, I have decided, is the most and best I can do for my friend. I cannot save her from herself, nor can I commit her to any type of treatment program against her wishes and will. I'm throwing my hands up and realizing that I'm helpless over another, anyone. It's been a hard reality for me to face. I have lived my best example daily, and that is all I'm capable of. To see what's transpiring now makes me feel a failure, defeated. I loved and believed in what I was a part of for the past 10 years and was so incredibly proud of Brittany and all she'd become. 
All that to say this, Reuben, I'm so Southern, and the best way for me to tell you how I feel is to say, you can just kick an old dog so many times before he gets off the porch. I, Belisha, am off the porch. Thank you for all you've done, all the love and support over the years, all the non-judgment and all the honesty. Please let me know if there's anything I can do to repay your kindness. With as much sincerity as I can muster, fee. Whew, another long one. <laughs> hmm. What do we think about this email? She's disappointed in what Brittany has become because Brittany is like partying and stuff. Is that it? Or. Yeah. Is that I, like the gist of it? <laughs> I, I, I guess so. Yeah. And I don't really know what to make of it. On one hand, like I want to be mad at her. Right. Right. For not doing more. Yeah. But on the other hand, she insinuates that she tried to help Brittany to no avail. Mm-hmm. And you know what? She's right. At one point, you have to save yourself and let your friend figure out yeah. their shit. And, I mean, we also need to consider that at this point, as someone who is not in Brittany's inner circle, she was not really in any major trouble, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, she was partying a lot, but... Yeah, I know. I don't know why... So, Everyone is I mean, so hindsight upset. is, of course, twenty twenty. People yeah. are upset because she, like, her image change was so drastic. Right. Yeah. If my friend goes through a bad breakup and then they start partying a lot, I mean, it's definitely concerning. Yeah, I would be worried. Yeah. But she's right. I like, wouldn't put them in a conservatorship. No. <laughs> she's right. Like, you can only, like, do so much to help someone. In the end, usually yeah. they have to, you know, be determined to help themselves in that kind of situation not like in a conservatorship situation then obviously that's completely different (laughs) and i don't really like how she talks about how britney needs to hit rock bottom and they're not going to do anything to help her (laughs) and then she's gonna merge confident new career driven britney like what if she doesn't want that yeah i don't know where she got that from that's she kind of just pulled that out of her ass honestly don't like that part anyway so that same day that the email is published, Brittany checks into Crossroads Center, a rehab facility on the Caribbean island of Antigua, only to check out a day later. <laughs> Larry Rudolph released a statement that, quote, Brittany Spears has voluntarily checked herself into an undisclosed rehab facility today. We ask that the media respect her privacy as well as those of her family and friends at this time. Steve Dennis writes that Brittany had felt forced to check into Crossroads by her parents and management. Her assistant at the time, again, Kaylee, said, quote, It was like when they pushed her, she pushed back. Her parents and Larry could not think of any possible explanation for her behavior other than drugs, alcohol, or both. Furthermore, they were also concerned that Brittany had become dependent on the drugs that were prescribed to her for allegedly depression and anxiety. Yeah, that's what happens when you take drugs. (laughs) Like, what do you expect? That being said, there was literally no proof of any of this. Like, there was no proof that she had an addiction problem. Mm -hmm. Just a bunch of whispers and rumors from those close to Brittany at the time who reported back to her parents. And I mean, considering everything that's happened up to this point, like, not just everything recently, not just her aunt Sandra passing away, The increased media scrutiny, her divorce and custody battle, followed by giving birth twice in, like, a year. Yeah. Insane. Think about everything. All of the trauma, right, Mm -hmm. from the very beginning of this podcast. That was our entire goal of this show. 
to show you the whole story, to give you the whole picture. So her childhood, where she was raised by an abusive alcoholic. The beginning of her career, where she was constantly controlled and stifled. The breakup with Justin, when the media began to vilify her. All of it matters, right? But instead of realizing this and finally helping her out with compassion and love, her parents continued to vilify her by, in my opinion, painting her as an addict. Which is ironic, because her father is an addict. Yeah. So apparently, when she checked out from rehab, she flew coach back to Los Angeles. Uh, one fellow traveler told the New York Post, quote, she waved and smiled at fellow passengers. She didn't order anything to drink. People were pretty much ignoring her. The passenger also said, quote, two guys were on the plane with her and got her stuffed and helped her get off the plane. So, I mean, that seems pretty normal to me for somebody mm -hmm. who is apparently crazy i don't yeah. know <laughs> and also note she didn't order any drinks yeah february 16th she shaves her head uh. callie said that Brittany had previously told her quote i want to shave my head to which callie had responded quote it's probably not the best idea <laughs> there were times she wanted to shave her head the first time we were driving and she was like pull over at this salon she'd been thinking about it but i said no and she didn't go through with it the second time i wasn't with her so this means that she had been thinking about it for a while. This was not like some yeah. random decision. Yeah, right? it wasn't like some like crazy outburst. Yeah, it's something not she like wanted to do it. for yeah. a while. Yeah, and like today, if someone shaved their head, you would just be like, "Oh, that's nice." Actually, like, it's kind of a fashion statement at this point. Yeah, is it, not? it is. You'd be like, "Oh, wow, like nice." Yeah. Nice bald head. And of course, if man. a man shaved his head at any yeah. time. Nobody would care. No Literally one would no care. one cares. All right. So Dennis describes the second incident in Inside the Dream, and I'm just going to read an excerpt. Quote, accompanied by her bodyguards, Brittany was being driven through Tarzana. Yes, Tarzana, like Tarzan. <laughs> a suburb of LA trailed by the paparazzi. She spotted Esther's hair salon and said, pull over. She walked in and sat in a chair before stylist Esther Tognosi, complaining her hair extensions felt too tight. I want my hair shaved off, she announced, facing Esther's reflection in the mirror as the paparazzi adjusted their focus outside the salon window. The stylist, faced with being an accomplice in the public sabotage of the pop princess, told her this wasn't possible. Of course I tried to talk her out of it, Esther told US Entertainment Show Extra. I said... You know, maybe you're having a hormonal moment or something. Maybe tomorrow you'll feel differently about it. Let's talk about this. As Esther turned to the bodyguard seeking moral support, Brittany grabbed the electric buzzer and started shearing. As her mousy locks fell to the floor, there was nothing anyone could do. When she was finished, Brittany sat still and looked at her newly shorn head, and that's when Esther noticed the tears welling in her eyes. She said her mom was going to be mad, and she got a little teary-eyed. She all of a sudden realized what she did. The stylist tried to make her feel better by complimenting her nice-shaped head, while photographers outside rushed to their laptops to wire the photos that would, in minutes, be circulated around the world. Later, tufts of Britney's hair were touted on eBay until an auction, said to be reaching one million, was pulled because the website admitted the hair could not be authenticated. <laughs> Britney walked next door into Body and Soul for a hip tattoo. The look on people's faces registered disbelief. When an employee asked why, she was reported to have replied, I don't want anyone touching me. I'm tired of everybody touching me. Okay. Oh. 
Yeah. <laughs> that is quite dramatic. I mean... Grabbing the the buzzer. It's... Right the way the it's told is so it dramatic. It makes it so dramatic, yeah. But you know she just walked in there and was like, I want this haircut. This is what... And they were like, no. And she's like, happened. okay then. Yes. I'll do it myself. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck? Like, I'm paying you to give me a haircut. And yeah. you're not gonna give it to me. Whatever. Yeah. Let me just do it myself. Mm-hmm. And, I mean... Imagine having extensions in your hair all the time. Mm-hmm. And these are not the extensions of today. Like, these are extensions from the Shitty 2000s, 2000s yeah. extensions. Yeah, not no good. thanks. <laughs> so, let's go over some of the revelations that have come out regarding this specific incident. According to Esther, the owner of the salon, Brittany's bodyguards allowed the paparazzi to take photos of the head shaving. Quote, she had two bodyguards, supposedly keeping an eye out to make sure the paparazzi were not getting any pictures, and one of them kept opening the blinds. I had blinds at the side of the salon back then. I had a sliding glass door, and I kept saying, there's nobody over there. Why do you keep opening up the blind? Well, I found out days later why he was opening the blind, because a photographer was hiding there to take pictures. Of the paparazzi, she said, quote, I thought they were going to kill each other. They were trying to pile up on top of each other to get a picture, and the one bodyguard was actually covering the front door with a cape. And then the minute they heard her going out the side door, I mean, if you see my shop, I have gates on both sides. They were climbing the gates, trying to get the first picture of her. I felt someone was going to get hurt, for sure. It was crazy. Rob Shutter, yeah, former executive editor of Hello Magazine, adds, I won't be at all surprised if people around Brittany weren't getting a kickback. They, the bodyguards, were allowing the paparazzi to take pictures. So, apparently a single photographer reportedly made hundreds of thousands, if not millions. Yeah. USD off this one picture back in 2007. Imagine that kind of catch off one Mm -hmm. picture. Of a haircut. The golden photo. My god. (laughs) (laughs) Of richness. Imagine being that famous. Yeah. Where literally try to sell a picture of me getting a haircut. <laughs> How much yeah. will you get for it? <laughs> um, also, I will not be posting this picture anywhere. Um, she no. said before no. she doesn't want it posted, so I will not be doing that. Anyway, it's clear she could literally trust no one. Imagine your own bodyguards, the people yeah. paid to protect you doing this. And unfortunately, this is one of many incidents of Britney's bodyguards um betraying her right if you read any recent court documents you'll see that they were actually paid to record her even inside her own bedroom and also to mirror her photo her photo to mirror her phone so that they could like spy on her at all times oh imagine what that would do to you yeah imagine like the trauma you're already being watched by the paparazzi imagine being watched all the time yeah it's like my worst fear (laughs) I can't. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> In framing Britney Spears, New York Times critic Wesley Morris had an insightful take on the situation. Quote, she's saying, essentially, with no hair, I quit. Whatever you guys are looking for, in terms of me coming back from being that person again, that person is gone and you have destroyed her. The following day, the Daily News ran the headline, quote, Britney Spears shocking pics as superstar teeters on edge of a breakdown. Other headlines include Bald and Broken and Sheer Madness. As Dennis writes, co-host on ABC's The View, that's like a talk show, remarked, quote, a lot of people feel this is self-mutilation. What? 
Shaving your head? Oh my god. So Lynn Spears wrote in her memoir, Tell All, Through the Storm, quote, two weeks after Sandra died, I watched in utter dismay and shock as footage of my beautiful daughter shaving off her hair aired on national TV. The look in her eyes as she stared into the camera was desperately forlorn, angry, and belligerent all at once. I just wept, praying almost incoherently that God would safeguard my daughter from harm. Just be with her. Just protect her. I prayed over and over again. What in the world was going on in her mind? And it wasn't just Lynn. Everyone, the whole world really, wanted to know why she would do this. It was unthinkable to anyone that a woman would want to <laughs> shave her head. What? Oh my god. I mean, as we said, a man can do- totally do that. Fine, whatever. No press whatsoever. A blimp in the radar, okay? Yeah. But a woman? Dear god. Oh my god, but all her worth is in her hair. Insanity. Now what is going to happen? So, of course, they made up theories as to why she'd be so possessed as to shave her head. The main theory, other than total breakdown, was that she was worried that the courts would take her hair follicles for drug testing. According to Dennis, there's no way this is true (laughs) due to a shared custody agreement, as we mentioned, that was set up the same month. Although this was labeled as a breakdown and drug rumors were rampant, Kaylee insisted that there were no signs of mental illness or addiction. Now, she is not a mental health professional, so let's take that with a grain of salt. And remember that mental illness is very common. You should not be stigmatized if you have a mental illness. That doesn't make you crazy, and it doesn't make Brittany crazy either, okay? But again, like, we're not gonna, you know, try and figure out what she has, what she doesn't have. I think that's reductive. Not interested in that conversation. But the dialogue around this stuff is definitely was definitely not as accepting or open back then as it is now. Yeah, right? not at all. No, not even close. So, you know, I rag on Dennis a lot because he has a lot of bad takes. But I really love what he wrote about this situation. Quote, the media labeled Britney crazy and bonkers and the family prescription was rehab. It was hard to believe what would drive anyone crazier than being told you are going crazy when deep down something whispers to you that it's deeper than that and nor are you to blame. Who could fault Brittany if she looked back to her childhood and felt like telling her own parents what the true definition of craziness looked like? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so before we move on to the next incident, what are your, do you have any thoughts, anything at all? on any of this (laughs) dennis pretty much hit it on the nose for once for once like (laughs) yeah yeah no i agree yeah i agree it's hard to add to that he's pretty succinct got a not gonna lie Mm -hmm. that was a good one so the following day uh she tried to get a hotel room at the mondrian which is like a boutique hotel in west hollywood wearing a wig. She was denied a room when it was revealed that she had no credit card or cash, only half a credit card number written on a piece of paper. According to Dennis, she started crying and said, quote, nobody wants me anymore. Nobody wants me anymore. Aww. She went into the pool area and started shaving her legs in the pool, <laughs> according to Dennis. Oh. <laughs> this sounds... Okay, I don't know if this is... I can't find out what exactly happened because an eyewitness uh, from a different source has a little bit of a different story. Uh So 
apparently, quote, she had her legs up in the sink and was just shaving them right there. So this wouldn't be in the pool. This would be in a bathroom. A little bit more appropriate. Yeah, yeah. It was weird. She just suddenly started talking to me, asking where I was from and what my name was. She was wearing what looked like her bra and underwear, along with a blue wig. I kept questioning myself about whether it was her or not. It's not a sight you expect to see, Britney Spears shaving her legs at the Mondrian Hotel. She kept going to the bathroom, and every time she came out, she had changed. At one point, she came out wearing a blonde wig, which she had on the rest of the day. She had no concept of what she was doing, or what the people around her thought of it. It was sad. She looked in desperate need of a friend. She asked me if I wanted to sit with her. I said I was there with a girlfriend, but told her she could join us if she wanted. She said, I'd love to. Let's get some drinks, and sat with us for the rest of the day. She constantly had a drink in her hand. I'm not even sure she finished any of them. She came across as fun and giddy and really sweet. She was very talkative and asking random questions. Brittany had asked one of the hotel managers for a bathing suit, but they didn't sell them in their gift shop. My friend told her she had a spare one if she wanted to borrow it. Brittany said, can I go and put it on in your room? And she went upstairs and came back down in the bikini. While she sat there, she raided the minibar. She grabbed bottles and just started mixing drinks. She was mixing a drink up, taking a couple of sips, and switching to another one. Same. I can't make a drink to save my life. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> At one point, she poured liquor into a Red Bull can and started swigging out of that. Oh, sounds like you. Okay. <laughs> Brittany ordered a pitcher of mojitos and probably had three or four drinks from there. She also had a frozen drink before that, and she'd help herself to what everyone else was drinking as well. She had a rum and coke and drank someone's margarita. She didn't really seem drunk. She was holding her own. Everyone there assumed that she would want them to respect her privacy and not ask for photos with her. But it was Brittany who kept saying, let's have some photos taken together, y'all. It was <laughs> it was like it made her feel like they were long-time girl, long-term girlfriends, all having fun together. When she was with these friends, she seemed bubbly, like she was desperate to win their approval. But away from them, she just looked lost sometimes looking into space it just seemed like she was looking for a friend god damn <laughs> that's so sad it is sad imagine how she doesn't even have you'd feel any anything. real friends because everyone like betrays her and or yeah. is using her yeah and she's been a like a pop star since she was a child so she doesn't yeah. have any old friends she didn't get to like do the regular child stuff it's so sad Imagine, yeah. though, if you were, like, in a hotel and, like, Britney Spears was like, hey, can I hang out with you? I'd be like, yes, of know, course. And then this bitch goes and forever. sells the story to the media. Girl, no, my never. lips are shut. Never. Like, give me your number. Let's hang out again. Yes, exactly. Meanwhile, Kelly felt totally helpless. Kelly slash Kaylee. Right. <laughs> Quote, Brittany tried to get hold of me when they were trying to get her into rehab, but they told me to stop answering her phone calls. They viewed me as an enabler. She wasn't trusting anybody. That's why she didn't do as they say and why she appears difficult. She also said that uh, she had been booted from Brittany's life after a trip to New York one week prior to the head shaving. Quote, her mom called me on the phone and said, what are you doing? You being there with her is enabling her. She thinks because she has a friend there, she can go out and party when she should be at home being a mom. The next day, Callie was told to take a few days off, but I think she was fired. Mm, <laughs> so yeah. it was like, go on vacation, but... Right, but... But forever. But forever. <laughs> yeah. So, on February 20th, three days later, 
Brittany checks into Promises, a rehab center. Quote, renowned... Why does it say it like that? Quote, <laughs> renowned for its effective... It was like a cat. Renowned. Renowned. <laughs> okay. Quote, renowned for its effective alcohol and drug treatment program. Located on the coastal grounds in Malibu, this rehab facility is more like a five-star resort. According to Promises, the center is designed for clients, quote, who are accustomed to luxury, including celebrities, business executives, and government officials. The beauty of natural surroundings inspires a sense of awe and gratitude that encourages the recovery process. Depression, lack of hope, and even suicidal thoughts are more prevalent in areas where a normal day is gray and bleak and may hinder individuals attempting to overcome an addiction or substance abuse. Honestly, as a Canadian... (laughs) Yeah. yeah, that's true. We're all mentally ill. <laughs> so this place was not actually chosen by Brittany. It was chosen for her. Lynn recalls that, quote, clearly something inside of her had broken and needed to be healed. We, Jamie and I, Larry, and other members of her team felt she needed to check in somewhere and just chill. She was hurting so badly. That was obvious. And she needed to stop running from the pain and address it. The day before she shaved her head. Brittany had stayed less than 24 hours at an offshore drug rehab facility in Antigua, and obviously that had not worked out. We had heard good things about Promises, a rehab center in Malibu, where she could have intensive counseling and receive some blessed solace from the media hounding her day and night. I wanted her to go to Promises, but she didn't want to, and she was livid at me for trying to force her to. I mean... Yeah. (laughs) So... (laughs) Dennis writes that the details of Brittany checking into Promises are unknown. According to different news outlets, she hadn't even disclosed a reason for checking in, right? Is this because possibly there was no reason for Brittany to check into an addiction center? According to TMZ, yes, I know, terrible source, Brittany was pressured by Lynn Spears, Kevin Federline, and Larry Rudolph to check herself in. Although she acknowledged that she had emotional problems after the birth of her second son, she strongly maintained that she did not have a drug or alcohol problem. Apparently, the professionals at Promises agreed with her. She suffered from postpartum depression, made worse by her divorce and media scrutiny. Despite her not having an addiction problem, she went to Promises because, as TMZ reported, Kevin threatened to go to court and take her kids away. Now, this becomes a very common theme in Britney's life. It, it's it's horrible. Mm-hmm. They use her kids yeah. all the time That's, yeah. to force also her to do things. Also horrible for the kids. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, let's talk about Lynn a little bit more because things are maybe darker, even darker than they first appeared to be. Lynn writes in her book that right before Brittany went into Promises, quote, I got an anonymous call from a man while I was driving in Los Angeles. There are drugs planted in Brittany's Malibu house, he said. He went on to tell me that there was a conspiracy with Kevin and Brittany's assistant to make my daughter look like a bad mother. I was so unnerved by the call, I missed my exit in more ways than one. Immediately, I called the security guards at the Malibu house and asked them to check the house for drugs. While I knew Kevin would never hurt my daughter like that, <laughs> okay. and I highly doubted her assistance would either. Things were so fragile with Brittany at the time that I wasn't taking any chances. She had just lost custody of the boys to Kevin. By this, she just means that Brittany did not have full custody, mm-hmm. and she was at a very low ebb. It was midnight, 
but I turned around and drove to Brittany's house and met her assistant, Allie. Along with the guards, we combed through the house, and no drugs whatsoever were to be found. No drugs whatsoever were to be found. No drugs whatsoever were to yeah. be found. You just sent your kid. You just, or, <laughs> oh okay, not God. your kid, but you just sent your daughter yeah. to an addiction facility for what she you think is a drug addiction, and you cannot any find drugs. any drugs. <laughs> oh my God. The the levels of self awareness. I mean, what? Yeah. Can you believe she wrote this and thought, yeah, it's I should like, yeah, I'll it. put that in my book. Makes me seem like a great mom. Nonetheless, Allie and I were scared to death. I didn't hear from this mysterious person again until months later. Right away, I recognized... I bet I know who it is. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I recognize his voice. Are you the same guy who called me with a conspiracy theory about drugs being planted in Brittany's house? I asked him. Yeah. He said, it's me. Well, when I told him his theory had proved wrong, he protested. There were drugs. You just didn't find them, he said earnestly. <laughs> the conversation continues, but let's cut it off here. What's your guess? If, who is this? Gee, I don't know. Who could it be? It's Sam. A raving lunatic named <laughs> Sam, Sam Lutfi. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. We have a winner. Yep. But who is Allie? So she mentions an assistant yeah. Allie. Who is that? Yeah. Allie Sims was Brittany's assistant in 2007, who also happened to be a distant cousin. Oh. All right. I say happened, like she's not her cousin anymore. She still is her cousin. Right. <laughs> in an interview with Access Hollywood from 2009, Allie talks about how she got a phone call in February of 2007 from Brittany, who wanted to hang out with her. Eventually, she became her assistant. In 2021, an email written in March 2011 was leaked and posted on the instrument on the Instagram account Free Britney RVA. Okay, get ready for this one. Okay. Quote: Yes, Lynn was at her son Brian's apartment in Marina Del Rey. I believe Betty Weinman, an interventionist, was present as well as Ali Sims, and there was another woman there at the time. According to Lynn, she sent the unnamed woman to the pharmacy at the Ralph's grocery store next door to pick up an RX that she had called in. That means a medical prescription. When the woman brought the pills to the apartment, Lynn claimed she took a pill, crushed it on the kitchen counter, and wiped the contents into Brittany's Red Bull, which Brittany drank, passed out, and later was driven to Promises, the rehab center. This next part seems to be a reply to another unseen email. Quote, yes, in fact, Brittany attempted to retrieve her drug test reports from Promises to see if the sedative appeared in the drug test in order to use as evidence to file a TRO against her mother, Larry, and James. That's a temporary restraining order. Yes, that was, however, only one of many reasons. Brittany would tell me that her mother drugged her in order to make her look bad so that Lynn could try to take custody of the babies. Lynn would tell me all the time that she wanted to file for grandparent rights and strip Brittany of custody of her children. In the comments of the original post, Allie Sims wrote, <laughs> confirmed. Ah! Oh my god. So. Oh my god. Collect your thoughts. <sighs> Betty Wyman is indeed the name of an interventionist based in LA. Okay. So that part checks out. Yeah. I found this sort of review. Um, It's kind of a review, I guess, on rehabreviews.com. Quote, based in Los Angeles, California, Dr. Betty Wyman is one of the best respected interventionists in the world. Wyman received her bachelor's and master's degree from Claremont College and a doctorate of philosophy in criminal justice from Pacific Western University. Many of her clients are higher profile individuals, including actor Rob Lowe, 
who listed Wyman as a treasured friend and confident in the acknowledgement of his book, Stories I Only Tell My Friends, an autobiography, actress Drew Barrymore, and Grammy Award-winning singer CeeLo Green. She also supposed she was also supposedly a sober companion of Britney Spears. So Betty Wyman checks out. Ali mm-hmm. Sims has said that this story is confirmed. Yeah. That Lynn Spears drugged her drugged child. her daughter so she could drive her to a rehab center. Yeah. And all and then and also drugged her like other times to make her look bad. That's what that's saying. I'm not sure right? if it was once or Well, whatever. More times <laughs> later on. Yeah. But once is enough. Yeah. Once is one times too many. Yeah, that's insane. It's not legal. There's this lady who majored in criminal justice like who's an accomplice to this yes people don't understand how fucking crazy this story is yeah they're like oh you know someone educated someone a lawyer would never do that yes they would yes they would yes Yes, they would would. higher education doesn't prohibit evilness no right like that's just not it just gives you the ways to like sneakily be bad absolutely absolutely yeah it just gives you the loopholes so despite all these stories about what happened and like this huge puzzle we're trying to piece together it is well documented that Brittany again checks out 24 hours later because she had learned of some going-ons back home now we'll have to talk about these going-ons more next episode because this is getting long and we have to collect our thoughts about everything that just mm-hmm. that we just discussed because it's it's a lot and so, that's all in like the that was in february still yeah so it's yeah it's only been a couple months february 20th <laughs> oh my god yeah. wow yeah absolute insanity mm-hmm. everything and i'm not talking about not Brittany, Brittany everyone else <laughs> yeah i mean yeah was she doing things that seemed erratic or, you know, not quote-unquote normal, right? Would you, like, why would you expect her to be normal after a divorce? Yeah. She had two kids. Her aunt died. It's like... like, It's everyone (laughs) else's reaction. Yeah. It's insane to me. And if this story is true about Lynn, and I'm inclined to believe it's true, we'll talk a little more about it um in future episodes um i don't want to mess up the timeline but we will talk about it later i i'm inclined to believe that this is true yeah yeah me too especially because ali sims confirmed it yeah it's entirely fucked up mm-hmm. i have no other words like i am almost speechless yeah thinking no, about I, this in yeah this craziness um i mean what she had to go through I know, yeah. I can't. Anyway, everyone, thanks for listening. And (laughs) on that note. On that note. Goodbye. Bye. And hang in there. Hang in there. We'll see you in a few weeks. (laughs) So ominous. Very depressing. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. Please follow us on Instagram at Spiritual Awakening. That's S-P-E-A-R-I-T-U-A-L and check out our website at spiritualawakening.wixsite.com slash podcast. 
for all of our sources, Brittany updates, and more. See you next time, and may the Holy Spirit guide you.